On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about personal preferences. Yeah, I got a kind of a uh, weird approach to this tonight, so we'll have to explain what we're going to do as we go along. But we want to talk about some things that people do in contradiction to the stated will of God. And, and they argue, well, it's their preference to do these things. And we, we're going to show that regardless, when your preference conflicts with the will of God, you got to do what the will of God says. All right. And then we're going to make a really far stretch to make a last point at the end of our program. I don't think it's far stretched. We'll see what our listeners think. We're going to get started starting right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and we welcome you into the virtual bible study for thursday july 12 2018 Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Good to be with you. Monty's behind the controls. Monty, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jacob. It's good to be here. Glad that you're here. And we're glad that you're on the other end of the line. And we especially look forward to hearing from you tonight or any time that you may be listening to this program. 877-381-4567 is the number to call toll-free. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. And if you're live tonight, the chat window is open and listeners are filing in there and we'll look forward to some comments in the chat room as well again anytime you're listening to the program listen to us live listen to us in the recorded version we'd like to hear your comments uh, please uh, give us an email or give us a call we want to hear from you jacob we are uh, getting uh, ramped up and ready for our community bible study which is coming up in just a little over a week it's not next Monday, but it's a week from next Monday. So we're just about 10, 11 days away from our annual community Bible study. We've been doing, this is the eighth year we've been doing this here in Columbia. I think a lot of our regular listeners are familiar with what we do. We go to a, a public meeting facility, a, a big auditorium near downtown Columbia for two nights. Uh, and, and we try to use a theme that we think is very important and uh, important to our community that will draw attention of people to try and get them to think about spiritual things. And so the dates are July 23rd and 24th at the Memorial Building near downtown Columbia. Uh, we'll meet at 7 p.m. each night. Uh, our speaker this year is David Aiken. Uh, David is a uh, a Ph.D. in biology, has many years of teaching experience at the university level, um, but also has been a gospel preacher since he was just a young man. And and so he's going to come and teach us uh, on the principles related to the question of creation versus evolution, which we think is so important and especially so important for our young people. So if you're within a driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee, you need to plan to come. If you've got young people in Middle Tennessee, you especially need to bring them. Okay. And uh, uh, we want this to be something that will be really helpful. I think it will be very interesting. Uh, all indications are that <clears throat> Brother Aiken does a good job of keeping the things pertinent and interesting. I think we'll, we'll learn a lot as we come together to study. Again, that's 
not next Monday, but a week from next Monday, July 23rd and Tuesday night, July 24th. If you're anywhere close in the Middle Tennessee area, we urge you to come to the to the Memorial Building in near downtown Columbia. Uh, on our website at collegeview.com, there's an announcement of, of the meeting and the topics that will be discussed and so forth. Um, uh, I was going to say something else. Now, now it just right. completely slipped my mind. But anyway, oh, oh I was going to say we are going to try to stream it. Uh, yeah, if, if you're not. If you're not able to come, we are going to try to stream it on our website. Not a good substitute, though. You want to be there. Yeah, exactly right. All right, uh, so make plans. Find out more at our website, collegeview.com, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and make plans to be there in about 10 days from now uh, for an important discussion. And if you want some bumper stickers, you still got a fresh supply of those. we got bumper stickers. Yeah, good, healthy supply So send us an email. Say, send me a bumper sticker. Give us your snail mail address. We'll send so we a couple can... of those back to Florida here this week. Uh, they're going to have we a We have Florida more, visitors. they got, they got bumper going stickers. going that way. So uh, you get yours and help us spread the word. All right. Some goofiness on that camera, Jay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and also, if you're not on our update mailing email update list, uh, send us a, an email to get on our update list so you can get notices about what our program topics are going to be and also get our uh, uh, weekly bulletin that we send out on Tuesdays. That's it. You're not going to get a lot of other junk email. So send Just us a little a, junk email. <laughs> send us no, an email. No junk mail. Send us an email to questions okay. at collegeview.com. Say add me to the list. All right. All right. So to our update list uh, earlier today, we sent out this idea for our discussion tonight. What are we going to do when our personal preferences conflict with the will of God? How do we approach that? So here's the first example. We're going to use several examples, but we're just going to talk about, and we won't go through all these questions initially, but just just here's our, our question. What about the reasons that are offered by a person who desires to practice homosexuality? Yes. For instance, he says, I was born this way. Right. Uh, and so my preference is to have homosexual relations rather than heterosexual relations because I was born this way. Right. Another guy says, well, I was strongly influenced by my upbringing and my childhood environment. It, it, and that, that impacted me, changed me, made me this way. And so my preference is, again, for homosexuality. Or another f- f- fellow says, well, it's the peer group that I was with. It was, mm. the, it was the people I was around. And that was the norm of the people that I was with as a, as a young person. And they sort of affected my thinking to the point that this is what I like. This mm-hmm. is this is my preference now. Okay. I, I prefer this. Now, that may be hard for some people to to comprehend that, but I think some people would make that kind of an argument. What would you say to a person about those kind of preferences? And then ultimately, what do we do about that? So that's that's the way we're going to approach that. We're going to use several examples and then lead to, uh, I, th- I think, a... a uh, maybe a startling conclusion about how we apply the same principles. Let's just start out about this business about homosexuality. Okay. And and what, what about you know? I think a lot. I think a lot of people, although there's a lot more tolerance for homosexuality today than there was even just ten years ago or twenty years ago. I think a lot of people are still pretty much turned off by the concept of practice uh, the whole the whole notion of of homosexuality i think a lot of people are pretty much turned off by that mm-hmm. um, but you know someone says well wait a minute i mean you you have your preferences i have mine and and one of the big arguments that that homosexuals want to make these days is that they were born that way okay 
there's even been popular songs that, that uh, have been, you know, the young people have listened on the radio to songs that suggest that people are born that way. Okay. Uh, the homosexual community has worked tirelessly for decades trying to prove that homosexuals are born with a homosexual preference, that it's not it's not anything other than that's the way their genes are ordered and and that's the way they're made. And how could we say it's wrong for them to desire this when it's it's in their DNA? It's the way they are, it's the way they were made. And so they have worked and and, and no telling how many millions, probably billions of dollars have been spent in research in a very uh, frantic effort to try and prove that homosexuals are born that way. Now, I think it's a failed experiment. I, they've never been able to do that. They, they, you know, every once in a while you hear some news story in which they claim that there's been some breakthrough and maybe they've got maybe a, a little tad of evidence that someone maybe has a, 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 a genetic disposition toward homosexuality, but... It's never been proved. They haven't even got close to proving it. Okay. I mean, all the science about it says otherwise. I tell you, uh, I think you and I have talked about this before, Monty. One of the things that is, is just destroys that argument is that they have studied twins. Okay. Uh, they have studied identical twins. Identical twins have identical genes. They are identical. And in, amongst identical twins who are homosexual, only half... Half, if you find a, a, a homosexual t- identical twin, there's a 50% chance that his twin is not homosexual. Mm-hmm. If you were born that way, if one was homosexual, the other would be homosexual because their genes are identical. But it, it doesn't work that way. And so, I mean, you can you can do all the phony testing and, and experimenting that you want. But until you get 100% of identical twins with exactly the same sexual orientation, then you cannot say that they're born that way. Yeah. Uh, to that, uh, Chris and George just sent an email. He was getting ready. He worked late uh, tonight. Uh, and at about 6.30 tonight, he said he was getting ready to head out for an hour-and-a-half commute home, but he took time. To send us a response. Thank you, Chris. He's looking forward to catching the study in the podcast. Chris said, I wanted to comment in the born this way argument people use for homosexuality. There have been studies done to disprove this. Identical twins were studied. If homosexuality was related to genetics, then it would stand to reason if one twin was homosexual, then the other would be as well because they share the same genetics. Exactly. That's that's my that's the point I was he's making. Chris. Same, I didn't know you were going to make that. Yeah, point. he's on the same. I, tried to, I stole your thunder. But he I, said the study proved just the opposite. In fact, when one twin identified as gay, only eleven percent of the time, the other twin identified as gay. He's got a little bit lower. Percentage. Yeah, he got lower percentage. That's right. This seems the opposite of what we would expect if they were born gay. When I talk to people about this, I will advise them of my thoughts on this. But then, for the sake of argument, tell them. So, what if you're born gay? Does that give you an excuse to sin? I was born with a strong attraction to women. This does not give me license to sin by fornicating or committing adultery, etc. Sin is sin. God would not allow us to be tempted more than we can bear. Man, Chris, you're right on the same wavelength as we are here on this, and that's the way we want to pursue this study tonight. Uh, again, the born that way argument is really flaky. It, does, it, it doesn't hold up under scientific uh, investigation. Well, well, someone says, well... In my case, I'm a homosexual because 
uh, it's the childhood environment I was brought up in. It was something to do with the way my parents raised me. Uh, maybe a, um, a very domineering mother, uh, uh, a detached, uninvolved father, and, uh, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists try to tell us that those kind of things would tend to boy, maybe uh, to have homosexual tendencies. Okay. Uh, well, I suppose there's a possibility. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert in those fields, but there's there's been a lot of hinting or indication that maybe some of those kind of factors could at least push a person in that direction. Sure. Seems reasonable enough. And and then someone else uh, would say, well, it's a learned, it's a learned behavior. And I think that's probably a lot closer to the, to the, the truth of the matter. Uh, contact with other homosexuals tends to make new homosexuals. In fact, I've talked to counselors before who say that homosexual men in particular are aggressive recruiters Mm -hmm. trying to recruit people to the homosexual lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, You think about it, they they can't self-propagate, and so they have to convert. They have to convert young men to, to these kinds of urges and desires. And so I think the idea that it's a learned behavior probably is closer to the to the reality than anything else sure but here's here's the point and i think chris's email was right on target grant that for any of those reasons or more Mm -hmm. that that someone else could dream up say they are able to prove that people are born that way i don't think they ever will but what if they could what if they say well it's my parents fault or it's because I, i ran with this particular crowd of people and they taught me this Whatever the reason why you have a preference, let's acknowledge that people do. It's clear that people do have a preference. It's a strong for, tendency. In yeah. This now it's a, I think it's way overstated. I think still the latest statistics show that less than 3% of men in America, less than 2% of women in America uh, are homosexual. So it's still a, a significant minority of people. But for whatever reason, we acknowledge that there are people who have these urges. Yes. They have these preferences. But the bottom line is God's word says you can't practice that preference. We acknowledge you have the preference. Okay. I mean, we're willing to acknowledge that for any reason that you care to offer. We acknowledge that you have that preference. But the fact of the matter is that you can't practice that preference because God's word condemns it. Just as other people have preferences or temptations or tendencies that they can't practice, someone with a hot temper, Monty, can't say, well, I was born that way or I was raised in a house where my parents had fiery tempers and they were throwing things all the time, and so now I'm going to throw things at my family. Or I, yeah, I was, I was, I, there were a group of kids that I grew up with and they were all, we were all out and we would just always throw things and get mad and beat people up. You can't say, well, that's just the way it is, and that's the way I'm going to be. You have to control those temptations. You know, when I was growing up, my dad was real hot-tempered, as far as I know he still is. And I decided pretty early on I didn't want to be that way. But because of this being strongly influenced in my upbringing to be that way, it's a real challenge for me not to be a fit thrower. I mean, Daddy would throw a fit at the top of a hat, at the drop of a hat, and if you didn't drop it, he'd drop it because he was going to get his fit throwing in there. And it's a challenge for me to not be a fit thrower. You yeah. come from a long line of fit so throwers. you're talking so, about childhood environment. So it's a childhood environment. It may very well be genetic. I don't know. Yeah. But either way, if I'm going to be a faithful Christian, 
I can't be the type of person with a hot temper throwing a fit. I mean, that, the Bible forbids me from being that way. So, and as far as a, uh, strongly influenced by others like the homosexual argument, they was people that I grew up with and hung out with at school that turned out to be homosexuals. When I found out that, I quit hanging out with them. But I still knew people and, and up to that point associated with people that was that way. But that still wouldn't be an excuse for me to be that way. So whether it, I mean, whether it's genetic, I mean, I was born the type of man being what I understand to be a normal man to want every woman I see. Well, maybe there's a few ugly ones, but, <laughs> but other than that, but that, but that would be my tendency is to want women. Right. Uh, but I can only have the one. God tells me I can't have what I, what might would be my tendency. I can only have the one that I'm married to. Uh, and no matter what my childhood influence is, I'm told how I'm supposed to behave. And so no matter any of these excuses we use, God's told us how we're supposed to behave, and that's what we're supposed to do. Exactly right. Just a couple of verses. We, we've had whole programs about homosexuality and the sin of homosexuality. Uh, we're, we're past break time. But look, just just want to remind you of a couple of very plain ones in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Then it goes on to say, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's King James wording. King James wording has effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. The New International Version there makes it much plainer to our language today. Male prostitutes and homosexual offenders. Mm-hmm. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's about as plain as I know how to say it. All right. Uh, And then Romans chapter 1 is very plain. Romans 1 verses 26 and 27. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Yeah. So... Again, uh, here's here's our premise for our discussion tonight. Sometimes personal preferences run contrary to what God has dictated in his word. And the homosexual one is is an easy one to see, I think. These guys argue, or guys or gals argue, that they have a particular preference, a, a particular kind of sexual orientation preference. And they can argue until they're blue in the face about why it is that way. But when they get done arguing why they are that way, we still got to come back to the scripture and say God's word condemns the practice. You can even if you have the preference, you can't practice it and be right with God. And that's not a bigoted or biased or hateful statement. That's what we're saying is God has laid forth rules for how we should live our life because he knows us best. Even if we may be tempted along the lines of this sin or another sin, the solution isn't to live that way to just give in to that temptation the solution is to have faith in god that he knows best and that his will is best for us and to live his will not our will but i guess i'm sort of getting a little too far into the discussion tonight but uh the, certainly the, the, a lot of folks in the homosexual community say well that's just bigoted hateful and biased for you to say that god condemns it no it's we we believe that God knows what's best, and so we say what he said, and we encourage I mean, others to live that way. Yeah, uh, and, and you can argue it from any direction you want, but the bottom line comes out the same. God condemns it, and, and if God condemns it, I can't, I can't do it, no matter what, what my 
reason for preferring it might be, I cannot go that way. All right, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We'll get a break, and we'll get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Wow, it isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages. Misconception number 56. The folks at College View Church of Christ aren't led by the Spirit. They're afraid of Him. Some people say this, but it's simply not true. The fact is, there is not a single thing we do at the College View Church of Christ without first getting the Holy Spirit's approval. Granted, we don't have healing crusades, miracle ministries, or slayings in the Spirit, but we refuse to do anything without Holy Ghost guidance. You may have been misled about us. Why not come learn the truth about the College View Church of Christ this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m.? Remember, the truth will set you free. Here's some quotes worth pondering. What one does is what counts, not what one had the intention of doing. I am only one, but I am still one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something I can do. You teach best what you have learned best. If things go wrong, don't go with them. Man, wish I'd said that. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. And uh, we're back on the program tonight as we talk about our personal preferences uh, versus the will of God and how do they line up, which wins, how should we respond when we have strong personal preferences that may violate the will of God. To the arguments uh, that you presented, Kent uh, from Calhoun, Georgia says, to the born this way argument, he says, such is simply another way of blaming others for sinful choices that they personally make. So he references Romans chapter 1 verses 20 through 27 where God indicates that this lifestyle is a result which we were, yeah, which of, I just read a minute ago. Is, yeah. yeah, as a result of forsaking God. Yeah, uh, strongly influenced by upbringing, he says. While indeed we are influenced to sin by many times by our upbringing, we make the final decision to engage in sinful actions. He refer- references James one twelve through fifteen, talks about us being led away by our own lust and enticement. I think Monty's example about it, you know a parent who might have been a very uh, angry person, full of rage, short tempered. You can't. It, that, that, that's a strong influence, but you can't go that way. Learned this practice from others. He said, we must never act uh, or never do that, which is sinful by following others. He references Exodus 23, verse 2. Not follow a multitude to do evil. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and then he says the ultimate truth regarding homosexuality is that such is sinful. And he references 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, which we mentioned. Dwight is in the chat room tonight, and I believe Dwight's in Iowa. Dwight says, we all make choices in life, both good and bad. You choose to do right or wrong. For him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Dwight says, I believe people who think they were born this way have been deceived by what they want to believe. And he references uh, to... um, your instruction or your discussion about learning it from others, he references uh, evil communications, corrupt good manners. First Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or 33. Is that First Corinthians 10, 33? Let me look at that. First Corinthians 10 or First Corinthians 15? The 10? Yeah. All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com uh, as we uh, verify the scriptural reference. That, <laughs> maybe Dwight could just send it to the chat room. He's the one who referenced it. He knows where it is. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Fifteen thirty three. We should know that one. All right. All right. You know, I have a response to the one that really that to the people that say they were born that way. If you're saying that's a genetic trait and you were born that way, well, homosexuals don't reproduce. So that genetic trait would have been bred out of the human race thousands of years ago if it was a genetic trait. It seems like it sure would. I think you're right. All right. Now, with with uh, so I think and I think probably all if uh, 
if if there's an exception, I'd be surprised. But I think all our listeners tonight are going to agree with us. You can't practice homosexuality regardless of what caused you to have that preference. But think about this for a minute. To the homosexual people, we would say homosexuals are not the only ones who have a potential problem with sexual preferences. Monty alluded to this earlier. What about fornication in general? What about people with who are not homosexual? They're heterosexual. Uh, but, but here's this guy and he's, he's a, he's a woman's man. Uh, he prefers chasing women. Uh, if he had his preference, he'd have, have a different woman constantly. Uh, and, and of course there are some people who live that way. Oh yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's more and more people in our world who live just like that. In, in, in fact, some of the storylines that you hear about are just effectively unbelievable i mean the promiscuity that exists in in our world today is just off the chart uh, you know but, I, I worked with a fellow one time that on his 50th the day after his 50th birthday he came in bragging that he had had his 50th different woman yeah. for his birthday when he turned 50 so i mean he was that way he wanted different he wasn't satisfied to be with one person regularly he wanted a bunch of different people well now okay so that guy or anybody like him could argue why he's that way. He has a preference, you know. Uh, he he likes it. It's it's what he desires. God it, made me this way. God made me this way. I was born this way. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, and then he could talk about uh, all kinds of societal influences that mm-hmm. may push him. And you know, on, on the radio and TV and every form of media, they use oh, sex sure. to sell everything. Sure, right. You know, so I'm, I'm constantly being bombarded with this, he says. And so my preference is being fueled by all of this media exposure okay. uh, that I have. Uh, and then I got to tell you, I, I, you know, he said, the, the guy said, I got to tell you, I got a real unhappy home life. Now, I've been married to my wife for a number of years, but... She's not very satisfying to me, and 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 she's kind of cold, and and uh, we don't have a very fulfilling life together in in those ways. That he says, she's unaffectionate, she's a nag, she's a poor housekeeper, she's just kind of sloppy, oh, uh, hmm. and and so I, it's hard for me not to look at other women, you know, because hmm. I have an unhappy home life, and then. I mean, I don't know. You you probably write a list of arguments or excuses that that such a guy could offer as long as his arm. Mm -hmm. And it would be really nice if you could just push a button for this guy and make all those desires go away. But it doesn't happen. Chances are he's going to have to live with that preference. Mm -hmm. His preference is for other women, not his wife. But he and 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 we might as well. Own up to it and admit he's got that preference. That's okay. that's what he's, he's not happy with his wife, uh, and he desires other women. Okay, we acknowledge that this is a basically what we're saying is you're tempted. He's tempted mm-hmm. in these ways, right? But the bottom line is that for whatever reason he's having these temptations and urges and preferences to do otherwise. God's will says that he cannot practice that sin. It's not, right? it's not hateful. It's not bigoted. Yeah. It's not biased. Just, and we're not God mad said. at him. No, we're not mad. We love him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the homosexual says, well, you're mad at me. Or you hate me. Or you, you, you despise. No, no, we love you. And we love that guy, too. And we're telling both of you 
that you, you can't you follow. You can't have what you want. Right. You can't follow that because it's an ungodly. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't have what I want. What? No. Monty, come on. You didn't say that, did you? I said it twice now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd even repeat it another well, time no, no, if it'd I mean, be helpful. That does, it doesn't sit well in our society, does it? That, that no, because well, in our society, we think we've got to have everything we want, not just some of the things. We've got to have everything. Yeah, right. Now, again, and and just to just to be clear, we'll go back to the same verse that we were looking at earlier about homosexuals, because the same verse that condemns homosexuality, uh, homosexuality condemns fornication and adultery. Know you not, First Corinthians six verse nine. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So, he went back to the same passage same one that says the homosexual can't do what he wants to do says that this heterosexual man can't do what he wants to do either but greg you don't understand they're so happy yeah i've been told that a lot about a family member of mine that's living in an adulterous relationship and another family member says oh but god understands their situation and he knows that they're so happy now yeah well you can say sad that they're happy living in sin but you could say the same thing about a homosexual About guy. any sinful act. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, and, and actually, Jesus was even more, his, his bar, he set the bar even higher. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, Jesus said, I say to you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And so not only can he not practice this sin, he can't even allow his thoughts to dwell right. on this sin. Right. Because allowing his thoughts to dwell on this sin is also a sin. And again, there's there's tremendous temptations that way in our society. Uh, uh, pornography is rampant mm-hmm. in our society. Mm-hmm. TV, movies, Internet especially. I saw another poll just this week where uh, pornography sites dominate the internet mm. i mean uh, uh, among the top 10 most visited sites i think three or four of them are pornography mm. sites mm. Uh, and so uh again you just can't practice that sin all right eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeu.com what are your thoughts what happens when our preference doesn't line up with god's will it stands in opposition to god's will what do we do yeah Let's right. grab another break, and when we come back, let's talk about a couple more examples before we get to what I think people are going to think is a, is a, a stretch on no, our last No, it's no stretch at all. We're going to get to it in just a little bit. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Got a question about something you've heard on the Virtual Bible Study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. This is Greg Wynn with this week's bullet point. Our bullet point this week comes from the pen of Irvin Himmel. When a person is eager to learn the way of salvation and is willing to accept the word of God as the final authority, there's no problem in teaching him what to do to be saved. When differences arise among brethren and all have a humble attitude and there is a sincere desire for peace and unity and all parties want to follow God's word, the settlement is no problem. When a person genuinely believes that Jesus is the Son of God and wants to yield in submission to Christ, once he has shown that the Lord commands baptism for the remission of sins, because he is honest and longs to go to heaven, there's no problem getting him to be baptized. When a worshiper comes into the assembly with the right attitude of heart, there's no problem if the song leader misses the pitch on one of the hymns, or if the building is too warm, or if the janitor has missed some cobwebs over the pulpit. Many of the problems that arise are the bitter fruit of improper thinking. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. 
Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and guide your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The Virtual Bible Study rolls along. We're back on the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, but better yet, you can find out more about us by visiting us in person, find out more about our meeting place and time of meeting at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you want a bumper sticker, we'll give, it, give us an email with your snail mail address. We'll be glad to send you one free. Go, go to our website, go to collegeu.com and check out the, the uh, information there about our upcoming community Bible study. All right, we're talking about our personal preferences when they clash with the will of God. And I think what you're starting to, to, to lay out here is that we all have personal preferences that clash with the will of God. And so what gives here? So let's talk about a couple more really simple examples. Here's a guy who who doesn't like to work for a living. He prefers to steal to support himself. Okay. Uh, uh, he and, and he could actually, you know, a guy, there are some circumstances in life where a guy could make the, some pretty compelling excuses for stealing. I mean, let's say he's in, in particularly hard times. Uh, he's not able to feed his family. His children are starving to death. Uh, he doesn't have enough money to keep the lights on, heat the house, buy, buy food, clothes, shoes for the family. And, so, and he, he's, he's really in hard times. And so he says, there's this guy who lives in that fancy neighborhood, and he's got way more than he needs. Right. And he's and and I've been kind of staking out his house, and I know that he's been gone for several days. And I'm going over there tonight, and I'm breaking in, mm. and I'm going to take a few things. I'm not going to I'm not I'm going to try not to be, you know, I'm not going to tear the place up or trash it. But I know he's got some valuables in there, and he won't. He is so rich, he won't hardly miss what I take from him. And and because I've been facing these terribly hard times, I think I think. It's okay. I, that's that's what I, that's my that's how I've decided I'm going to approach this problem I'm dealing with. Right. Another guy talks. Uh, another guy. He's he's not he's not in as bad a shape as that guy. But he 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 has sort of class envy. You know, he was he was raised in a poor family and he's always lived under sort of deprived situation uh, circumstances, and he really resents that rich guy. And so he thinks he's justified just because it's not fair that that guy has everything and I have nothing. And and so he so he's going to argue for his preference to steal rather than honest work to earn a living. His preference is to steal. He has a preference. Can he practice that preference? Well, everybody's going to say no. He can't. I mean, clearly there are people in our society who prefer to to. To rob and steal rather than to work and earn. Right. I mean, that's obvious. We wouldn't have to lock our doors if that wasn't the case. But there's clearly people who have that preference to steal rather than to labor. Yeah. What does the Word of God say? The Word of God says, Ephesians 4, verse 28, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hand the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. And so we would say exactly the same thing about that guy. He maybe they pre- like stealing grace. He likes it. It's, it's makes him it's happy, a, and it's easier than working. Yeah, and so he—that's what he desires or prefers to do. Everybody would say, "Well, that's crazy." Of course, he can't do that. We agree. Of course, he can't do that. 
keep building the, the, the argument train as we go along here. What about drinking? What about drinking alcohol? We've had whole programs right. on the Virtual Bible Study mm-hmm. where we've talked before Multiple about ones. alcohol. And you know, when it comes to drinking alcohol, there are some people who are just given over to it. Right. There are alcoholics, right? Uh, there are people who really have a problem. They're, and, and beyond those who, who are like almost out of control alcoholics, there are those who just really like it. Right. You know, they, they love they love the, to drink a cold beer on a hot day. Uh, they love to have a glass of wine with a fine meal. Right. There's just something elegant about that, you know, and champagne for a special sal- celebration. And, and they're just all about, you know, and, you know, some of these people fancy themselves as, as real connoisseurs oh, yeah, for instance, right, right. of wine and so forth. That, that's the group they're in. That, that's their preference. And so it's what they really like. And they could, and they could argue for why they like it. They could talk about peer pressure, Jacob, as you were saying, you know, that this is their this is the crowd they run with. The crowd they run with drinks. Right. Uh, the guys at work always go out for a beer after after the end of the day. You know, uh, right. when they have a company meeting, there's always alcohol in presence. And and they sort of want to be with that crowd and want to be accepted in that circle. Right. And so. Their preference is to drink a little. And, mm-hmm. and, and th- these may be even Christians who say, well, I would never get drunk. I don't think it's right to get drunk. But they, they, they want to engage in social drinking because they, you know, it's actually, he's, this guy says, it's actually beneficial to my career advancement. You know, if I get out with the guys, especially with my higher up uh, supervisors and bosses, if I socialize with them and drink, uh, you know, good time Charlie kind of guy, you know, uh, I, it'll get me ahead on my job. I, and, and if I don't, it will hold me back probably on my job. And there may be some no, justification. I think there probably is a lot of truth in that. There, there's some justification to that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably what evidence. Think, Monty? I have no reason to doubt that, but yeah. that's the environment that we live in. Yeah. And, and so for that reason, he says, I'm going to drink. I prefer to drink a little. And then there's always this argument about a genetic predisposition to alcohol. That some people have a, have some kind of genetic composition that inclines them that once they take the first sip of alcohol, they just they just going to go all the way, whole hog into the okay. into alcoholism. I actually think, and I don't, I'm not an expert on that kind of uh, genetics either, but I think that there's probably a lot more, probably a lot more indication that there's that that has some basis in science more Mm -hmm. than the homosexual thing Mm -hmm. has in science but again for whatever reason that guy has a preference to drink alcohol we would tell him don't drink it Mm -hmm. the the, the bible condemns it okay all right yeah if we got we got are we skipping some emails here uh well um not so far randy in uh, michigan references matthew 4 verse 4 but he answered and said it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god and so randy says well uh it shows us here that we're going to live by doing what god wants us to do not what we may have preferences or tendencies to do okay all right, and then I got I've got one more that we want to hit, and we just talked just uh, last couple of weeks, Jacob, about abortion on the virtual Bible study. We've right. talked about it a number of times on the virtual Bible study, but we 
So uh, I think just last week, in fact, it was we talked about abortion. But here's here comes a woman now. So everybody everybody's been stating their preferences right along. The homosexual guy, the the heterosexual guy, the the thief, the drunk. They've been offering their justifications for their preference, what they like, what they want to do. Well, along about here, a woman speaks up to justify her abortion. Mm-hmm. She she prefers. Now think about this. We're talking about preferences. Mm-hmm. She prefers not to have the baby, not to not to not to birth the child that's been conceived in her. Her preference is not to have a, ba- a baby, at least not to have a baby right now. And she can give a a, a whole list of reasons why. Uh, she can say it was unplanned. In other words, uh, this is not a good time. This is this this is this is going to derail a lot of the things that I had in mind to do. It might hinder her career. It might hinder her career. It might keep her from engaging in some some uh, long-anticipated adventures of one kind or another. It just, it's, it's just going to mess up everything to have a baby right now. I prefer not to have this baby. Right. Uh, someone else says, uh, another woman says, I don't, I never, I never want children. I don't, I don't, don't, I'm not talking about just now. I'm talking about ever. I don't ever want children. This child is unwanted. Uh, As Monty said, uh, the career is going to be uh, uh, sidetracked. Or as we were saying in our study last week, Jacob, maybe this child in her is conceived by rape or incest. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, she really doesn't want to birth this child because of those considerations. We talked about that last week. We won't go into that again, but if anybody's interested in our take on that argument, we, you can go to, back and listen to our guy from last week. But, and, and that last one, I think, is emotionally a pretty compelling argument. A lot of people are moved by it. I know Christians who are moved by that rape and incest argument for having an abortion. So what, what we're saying is here this woman has... State has a stated preference not to bear this child and to have an abortion. Should she be able to practice her preference? We say no. We say no for whatever reason. Abortion is the murder of a, uh, an innocent child. It's the shedding of innocent blood. For all the reasons we enumerated in our program last week, you cannot engage in the sin of abortion no matter how strongly you would desire to do so, that is not a, 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 an option that God allows. You, your preference might be very strong, but you can't practice your preference. Romans chapter 13, verse 9, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Notice that, that text mentions adultery. It mentions stealing. It also says you can't kill. Killing that baby is is condemned uh, in the Word of God. And of course, there's some really uh, great uh, scriptural arguments to be offered relative to the, the sin of abortion. We talked about those last week. Again, if you have some questions or you'd like some some additional discussion about that, go back and listen to our archive from last week's program. But we would tell the woman. We understand you have a preference, but you have to understand you can't pursue that preference. All right. Uh, Kent in Calhoun, Georgia, says the same attempted excuses set forth in number one regarding homosexuality are, are often made regarding heterosexual fornication and are just as false. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. 
While the sexual desire does exist within humanity because of our essence, such must be controlled and come under the authority of God. We can blame no one else because of our wrong choices. So can't, uh, they're touching on the first one. That, uh, but in general, uh, the same excuses are made, and we can't justify putting our preferences ahead of God's will. Dwight says, if we're not uh, to put stumbling blocks in front of others, why would the Lord allow us to put these stumbling blocks in front of ourselves? Drinking, homosexuality, cheating, etc. And uh, so Dwight says we need to control it for our own good. Exactly right. Uh, as we submit to God and his will. And, and there's, there, is, there is this principle that you alluded to earlier, Jacob, that God knows what's best for us. He created us. I mean, he knows us better than we know ourselves, just like... You think about a guy who designed a machine. He knows that machine. He knows how that machine is supposed to work, and he knows what will make it work the best. In a far more involved way, God created us, and he knows us, and he knows what's best for us. And there's always that famous statement of Deuteronomy 6, verse 24. The Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always. That's the very nature of God. God God's laws are designed for our good, and uh, we, we need to just surrender to his wisdom in that. Despite what our preference might be, if our preferences conflict with the will of God, then the fact of the matter is that our preferences are detrimental to us, and God's will is advantageous to us. And Jesus said it like this in Matthew 16, verse 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. Deny self-denial, self-control. Yeah. But that's what people don't want to do. I mean, that, that's society. the heart of the matter, isn't it? That's right. The, I want to do what I want to do, and if I can't do what I want to do, then I'm not going to do it because I'm not willing to give up anything. I, I, now, if I can be a Christian and and continue to live just like I want to live anyway, then I then might do it. You're not getting well. But yeah. but if I have to give up something, I'm not giving up anything. So. Those who say, well, you're saying that I can't be a homosexual and you're being a heterosexual. So you're saying you get to do what you want to do and I don't get to do what I know. None of us get to do everything that we want to do. We all have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. That's what God has instructed. That's what God demands. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's take a break and we'll get back. We're going uh, your your connection. You're far fetched, maybe. No, I don't think it's far fetched. We got we got one, one more point, point to make, and it's and and we want to try to emphasize how this is all connected together. All right, don't go anywhere. You want to be there? We're going to the top of the hour right after this. There's more of the virtual Bible study to come after these important messages. Stay tuned. What does your church have for my children? At the College View Church of Christ, we don't have pizza parties or putt putt nights. We don't have softball or basketball. We do have the Bible. We do have the powerful sayings of the Gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We do have the love for your children's souls to never substitute the solid spiritual teaching they need with superficial secular activities. If this is what you want for your children, bring them to Bible class this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Nearly two-thirds of Americans, 64%, admit that they have gambled in the last year, according to a recent Gallup poll. The poll found that nearly half, 49% of those interviewed, said that they bought a state lottery ticket within the last 12 months. 26% visited a casino, 15% participated in an office pool, and 10% bet on a professional sporting event. Interestingly, the poll found that higher-income Americans were more likely than lower-income Americans to say they gambled. 
That information is via cnsnews.com. The Word of God says in Luke 12, verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study continues. All right, so we're back on the program talking about our preferences and when they clash with the will of God, how we're to handle that. And we've said tonight, all of us have preferences, uh, and sometimes those preferences will clash with what God has stated is his will for us in our lives, and we've got to submit. One more point you wanted to make here. Okay. Now, this is the one I think is a stretch, and you had to even admit to me earlier, Jacob, that you weren't exactly sure where I was going with this, but I hope we can make it clear. Because this is a complete, this is in a completely different realm than the kind of things we've talked about. In fact, I would argue all of the things that we've been talking about so far tonight, homosexuality, fornication, stealing, drinking, abortion, those are moral issues. And we say when it comes to morality, you can't practice your preference. You have to submit to the will of God. All right, here's the stretch. What about the idea of the church of your choice? In other words, what about when it comes to religious service? Can I pursue my preference? You know, this expression, the church of your choice, uh, we've heard that for decades now. It was, I think it was actually used more in years past than it is now. But you used to even, Mighty, you remember when you used to see when on the back of semi-trucks? Yeah, when I was and, a kid, we used to see that phrase and uh, hear it on the, the radio and maybe. Pizza and, boxes. Yeah, we've yeah. seen it lots of places. Yeah. Join the church of your choice. Cho- the church of your choice is the expression. And the idea is, what do you like? What's your preference? Oh, yeah. yeah. What's your preference? Uh, You can can have the church of your choice. You can pursue your preference when it comes to religion. And and so here's the far stretch that I'm trying to make in this whole whole thing. I think probably everybody who's listening to us tonight is going to agree with us about homosexuality and fornication and stealing and drinking and abortion. But the exact same logic applies to the church of your choice. Okay. It, it doesn't matter what your preference is. You can't pursue your preference. You have to submit to God. Now, that's, that's, the, that's the whole stretch that we were trying to make. You know, you know, when it comes to this church of your choice kind of thing, you, people can argue, well, I, I go to the church I go to because the people there are really friendly. Oh, yeah, like friendly very, people. Very, very friendly people. Yeah. I went to another church over there, uh, and they weren't friendly. I think I've been there. But they were doing some, they they appeared to be doing things biblically, but I just didn't feel like they were real friendly. Yeah, okay. So I'm going over here. Now, they do some stuff that I don't really agree with, but they sure are friendly. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. Someone else says, well, the preacher, the preacher over there is not so good. But this preacher over here, he's like a stand-up comic almost. You know, he. I heard he, a guy say that one time. Did he really? Yes. <laughs> he, he, something to the effect about his sermons wasn't necessarily great, but he told really good jokes. Hey, that's yeah. why he went. Yeah. That's yeah. why he went. There. Oh, wow. So that was his preference. Yeah. He made it, he made his choice based on the preference that he liked that preacher and he liked his storytelling ability. Or someone else says, I'm, I'm making my religious choice based upon the where where i go to church they have really great programs for the young people right right um they got a youth minister over there and he's sort of like the social coordinator for the young people he gets it all together you know and and they have sleepovers and they go to six flags and they uh, they they just have so much fun it's really great program 
usually when people say that they not they don't mean at all that there's serious bible study involved that there's really there's really a diligent effort to teach our children the bible that's usually not under consideration no, no. at all you know there was a popular talk radio host i was list, used to listen to a lot and uh he was always recommending people go to a good church and somebody asked him one time what did he mean by a good church? He said, well, one that's got lots of programs, like for the kids and for the unwed mothers. And he went down this list of programs that they had. Basically, it was stuff to entertain people. It really didn't have anything to do with preaching the truth. Yeah. But he had that same idea. I, I want you to go to some place that's got lots of good programs going on. Exactly right. So, you know, again, and you could just you could just continue to add to that list uh, uh, I like the music program over there. Someone says I yeah. really like that. I've heard that too. Yeah, they've got they. It's it's almost like going to a concert every week. Yeah. They, they have this. They have this really fantastic praise band. Yeah, and I've the guy on the drums is incredible. And they get the place rocking. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, I love that. I just love that. I love it when they have those lights, too, those light yeah, and shows. And it's like a it's light like show. fog. And yeah, they have fog, fog machines. Yeah. And indoor fireworks. And, and indoor fireworks. Well, yeah. You know, so, it, I mean, I mean, and that the sounds like, is the best. That sounds like we're exaggerating, but we're actually we not. not. We're, we're listing not. things we've all seen advertised to draw people. Exactly. But, but people, and so people say, I go there because it's what I like. It's my preference. I prefer it like that. Now, when we come along and say, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about instrumental music, for instance. Do you understand that the New Testament does not authorize the use of instrumental music in the worship of God? I don't care. They say, I don't care. I, I like, like it. it. I like it. I had a guy years ago, my next door neighbor, uh, we talked about this, and that was his whole justification. I like it that way. Yeah. Like, well, if we're just going to go with what we like, then I guess the homosexual guy can practice homosexuality because it's what he likes. The the womanizer can practice that because that's what he likes. Yeah. If you're going to tell the homosexual guy that he cannot practice homosexual homosexuality, even though that's what he likes, and you can t- and you're going to tell the womanizer he can't womanize even though that's what he likes, and the thief can't steal. Even if it's what he likes, and the drunk can't drink, even if it's what he likes, and the woman can't get an abortion, even though that's what she prefers to do, you're going to have to be consistent about oh, yeah. this. You yeah. see, our point is we need consistency here. Logic demands that if those people can't follow their preferences, then then you can't follow your preferences about your religious conduct either. It doesn't matter that you like instrumental music. The question is, does God's word authorize it? Is it is it allowed? And the answer, that's a, a very definitive no. It's not authorized. And, again, we've got whole programs on that on the virtual Bible study. But, uh, again, uh, I think that this probably in a lot of people's minds is a pretty far stretch. Oh, no. But I hope you see how. It's just a consistent extension of the yeah, logic we're trying to apply to Exactly. The principles it's logic. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Uh, the, the scriptures urge us that we must have Bible authority. Colossians 3.17, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Yeah. Uh, so if it's if it's not authorized, we can't do it. That doesn't matter if I like it or not. I, I have been willing to say, and I don't even know if this is, I don't even know if this is a wise thing to say, but I'll say it again. Okay. If it was up to me, we'd have that praise band. 
I I like that kind of thing as far as the music goes. Some of that, some of those guys are really good entertainers. Yeah. You know, and if you if you're just going to do what you like, if I'm just going to do what I like, I'd probably go that way. Yeah. Uh, so when we argue against instrumental music, someone says, "Well, it's just because you don't like it." I like it. You don't like it. That's why you're against it because you don't like it. That's, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's not the basis for our objection. Our objection is not about preference, because if we were following preference, we would do it too. Our objection is it's not authorized. We can't follow our preference when it contradicts God's will. And we're being consistent. If we're going to condemn others for not giving into their preference, for giving into their preference and not following God's will, we have to do the same in every aspect of our life. So, So the guy who would like to have the the instrumental music he has to say well even though that's part, my preference would be if it's left up to me it's not left up to me and i'm going to submit to the will of god uh or i mean uh, here's a woman who says i i i want to be a preacher i prefer to get up before like the crowd listen. And I'd rather talk, yeah. yeah i don't want to sit in the pew i want to lead i want to i want to be a church leader i want to be a, uh, a pastor or a preacher or, or whatever well, that may be what you would like to do if you were left to your own preferences. But if you're going to do the will of God, the word of God does not authorize that. In fact, specifically condemns that. First Peter 4, verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. If you're going to speak, speak as the oracles of God. We've got to do God's things in God's ways. Dwight says it is not in man's best interest to follow after what we want because God knows us best. That's exactly right, Dwight. Thank you for that comment. And Randy references Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his son, uh, by, his, by his own glory and excellence, for the, by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So when we deny our lust, our desires, and we submit to God's will, he has given us, given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And he has, he has these incredible desires to, to bless us if we will just submit and not follow our own lust, our own desires, whatever they may be, heterosexual, homosexual, alcohol, abortion, whatever it may be, worshiping God in any way that we might choose, we have to submit. Yeah. I hope we made our, I hope we made our case. I hope we put the pieces of the puzzle together so people could understand the way we were trying to approach that argument. Right. I think we, I, well, I understand it. Monty, do you understand it? I believe in my feeble way I do. Oh, well. Okay. Kent, by the way, Kent said the church was purposed by God, purchased by Christ, and the pattern for such revealed by the Holy Spirit by the means of the word. We dare not change or substitute what belongs to Christ. Galatians 1, beginning verse 6, Ephesians 1, beginning verse 21. And I think that's right. And and to tie that in, what Kent said, we can't change or substitute to accommodate our own preferences. Yeah. We have to submit to the will of God. All right. Monty, final thoughts? Well, just like what Greg just said, it, God really doesn't care what we think. He didn't ever, he's never asked me what I thought about any of these things or about how I would like for worship to be conducted or yeah. for what I would like to be a sin or not a sin. He didn't consult with me on that. He stated his will in the matter. So it's my obligation to conform myself 
to his will if I want to be, if I'm going to call myself his child. All right. If I'm not doing that, then I can call myself his child all day long, but I'm not. Okay. I'm just deceiving myself. I, right. I, you know, what you were just saying um, reminded me of King David, and I'm trying to find the passage real fast. It's it's in Second Samuel. Uh uh, I can't. I can't find it. But, but remember, David wanted to build a, yeah. a, a temple for yeah. for God, and and God's response through the prophet Nathan was, "When did I ever tell you I wanted that?" Yeah. You know, David's preference was to build a, a a temple, but he hadn't been authorized, hadn't been told by God to do that. And so, there's just lots of examples of the principle we're trying to set forth tonight. All right. Well, Dad, thanks for the discussion tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, Monty, for being here. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for joining us. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. And hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information, Three one three eight one four five six seven. That number again nine three one three eight one four five six seven. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.